This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Although today we're going to be Masters of the Sequelmatic Universe. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to be kind of fun. And um, we're not going to do number two as in, like, the number. We're going to do number two as in number two of something. So just stay yeah. tuned for a couple I, minutes. And I, just, I just did. Uh, I, I, I did a, I mean, I've had some straight liquid number two. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Oh old man, I'm old. That Brunswick stew kicking back. <laughs> Don't say Brunswick stew. That's what it's called, Fuck. though. And then this big ass Reese's is going to get eaten at some point. Yeah. So uh, what's I'm up, I'm not guys? even going to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> just let it ride. Uh, so what's good? What's going on, guys? How, how's everyone today? Good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. Very tired. I've been, I've been drinking since four. Oh, so yes. Very nice. It's eight o'clock now. I'm feeling good. I have stopped because, uh, just because. <laughs> it would have been bad if I didn't. Might not have finished the episode. It's very nice. I got to get some art for you. And, you know, just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of justifying that whole phrase, I've been drinking since four. It's beer. I've been drinking beer because that's what I am. I'm a beer guy. But I, uh, I went to the liquor store today and got three different four packs of locally brewed Massachusetts, uh, you know, micro brew. And so I'm supporting local business and, uh, I supported them really well today. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, uh, all is good. You know, things are cool. Things are good. And, uh, that's where I am. Nice. Nice. And any, uh, any cool, uh, updates in this last week since we've talked? Uh, no, not for me. Okay. (laughs) I'm being honest with you. I got nothing. Uh, my daughter's home for the weekend. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we saw her around. come in and wave at us. Yeah, well, uh, yesterday, I mean, Erica got back from Sweden yesterday, so we picked her up at the airport, um, and it's it was Hannah's birthday. Happy birthday, Hannah. And uh, so we went out to dinner in uh, the north end of Boston, which is basically Boston's little Italy. Had some great fucking killer Italian food um, with portions so big that all four of us had uh, lunch today. Nice. (laughs) I mean, giant portions and great Italian food. Um, And then, yeah, Hannah came home with us last night, so we're hanging out. She was with some friends today. So, yeah, it's a good weekend. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's right. The the toilet bowl. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, that's it for me. So we can pass it on. (laughs) What's good, Eric? Tell me something. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, last night, I saw the queers at Will's. And, uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, they were that. everywhere. Uh, no, uh, I saw They were all related for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> legendary punk rock band, the queers at, at Will's. And what's cool about the queers, they've been touring since the 80s. 
they tour so much that you can see them for 20 bucks still like it's it's you know very little has changed about that band except for all the other members but joe (laughs) queer so um but it was it was great now joe queer has a really intense reputation for being an asshole for being like a sort of larger than life character so he's a joke despite all that yeah he is a a joe he is a joe despite that he's a very very nice guy um he was very nice to me we hung out we talked a little bit we you know he knows i married into um you know my wife's family and her i don't know what i guess second cousin is a gentleman by the name of jim testa he um he writes he created this fanzine in new jersey called jersey beat and it's sort of like this staple punk rock zine so all these punk rock bands know testa because he's been involved in that scene for so long so i you know kind of like name drop testa like oh yeah you know jim and you know his his nephew ryan and got to talk and it's just like a really small world kind of thing so it was cool um yeah great show had a blast got home at 12 30 which is oh, you know it's late it's, for you old guys huh a little past my bedtime i'm of... just getting going in that <laughs> what <laughs> come on no not a fucking chance dude he, he didn't mean noon. better hair than, than, than <laughs> yeah, I'm, fucking I, I was sleeping before you got home <laughs> all right that's fair and then my yeah. daughter today this morning at 5 30 we oh. had to wake up because she had her SECME competition, which is like her science and engineering club. They oh, go to cool. the they go to the college and they do like the um egg drop, you know, oh, classic yeah. egg drop yeah. and, and all that stuff. So Oh, that's so great. It was great, man. We were there all day. I was struggling to stay awake. Um Oh, I'll bet. But it was it was cool. I'm very proud of her. And uh she doing robotics yet? Is it they have that available in our school or is that like She's going to middle school. At, she's oh, that's grader. when they started. That's when they started. So we yeah, just went to like her that. open house and, and they explain all the stuff they offer and she's really that's into awesome. it. So yeah, man, it was a busy day. Um, I'm really tired, but I got a pep in my step because I know that I got a fight tonight on my yes, hands. Yes, we do. We yeah. do. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a And it's not thing. with me. It's not, I know. Yeah, exactly. it's crazy. That's why he's excited. Now you're going to know how I feel when you guys shit all over things. <laughs> I don't deserve to be filled shit upon. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, what's what's new with you, man? Uh, so all I have been doing lately is building puzzles. Um, I got what lots kind of, of puzzles? Marvel puzzles. Uh, oh, shit. So actual puzzles, like pieces puzzles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like puzzles. Oh, that's so great. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with these. You know, they're all... They're like 15 bucks at Walmart and you get four puzzles. Really? You know, you, you're yeah. really not helping the case um, <laughs> that we're actually older than Doug because between the puzzles and the, the male pattern baldness and the bedtime. Doug doesn't even do puzzles. I love no, puzzles. I'm not going to lie. Man. My puzzles are like my favorite thing. No, that's so cool. I've been thinking about getting a puzzle to do it. So that's great. Yeah, these are like you get four puzzles for 15 bucks, And like they're not huge puzzles. So like – yeah. You can do them in one sitting. So like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah I like that. What, I, what I've been doing is, is really short. Yeah, like I'll sit at my so desk good. and like while I'm working, like editing something or like I'll put Brooklyn. Like yeah. I've just finished Brooklyn Nine Nine, my rewatch. I'm all yep. the way through it, finished okay. it completely. Uh, so I'll do that and um, just build a puzzle. Have something cool. to do. Something Very fun. Cool. 
Yeah, so that's pretty much all I've been doing is puzzles and rewatching shows. Uh, I finished yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine again, and I just restarted. Nice. I just restarted Always Sunny, and I'm in the middle of season two. Yeah, I got to get back into that. I finished season one. I started season two, so I got to get back into that. Oh, now. it's fantastic! I forgot how oh, good it the is. show was. I mean, I know I I I can't say anything other than it's fantastic. But I just yeah, yeah it's definitely something I need to get back into. That in. I've been thinking about doing Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, that's a great oh, Another yeah. show that I know that I would fucking love, but I just never watched. It's so good. Know? It is so good, man. I got to oh. get into that, especially now that they're they're finished up. You know, they're finishing yep. the last season. So I think Always Sunny is going to be like The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, yeah? You think so? It could keep going forever and ever and ever? As of right now, they're signing off for like three more seasons, and they're already on 16 out. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Wow. It's the longest-running live-action uh, show in TV history. Now, nice. what do you think would stop it? Just like one of them gets tired of doing it? Probably. I, so. I mean, Danny DeVito's getting up there. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, I know he's only in his 70s, but. You but know. the show could still go on. I mean, they can write that out, that character out. No, yeah. that's true. I know. I know. I mean, and, it wouldn't uh, be the same dynamic, but it can happen. No. Um, more, more likely Rob McElhaney just decides to become a full time soccer owner. <laughs> no, that's true. Hey, season three, baby, April. Yeah. Of uh, Welcome to Wrexham is coming. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty oh, stoked. Nice. About that. Oh, and hey, before we get off the TV thing. So it's funny. Um, there's a show on Peacock called Mrs. Davis. Okay. okay. And that I, I started watching with Erica and both of us just didn't get into it. We finished like the first and second episode. We didn't get into it. So Erica was in Sweden for the last like 10 days or so. So I needed something to watch. So I started watching it again. I started from the beginning. And it turned out I really dug the show. Like if you're into a weird and this show is fucking weird. Like like Joe kind of weird or weird differently? I think you would dig it, Joe. Okay. So it is definitely a Joe kind of weird, but it's a very different kind of weird. And it's all about the evils of AI. Like mm. how AI is gonna mm-hmm. fuck us. But <laughs> the way it wraps up without giving anything away is that it's ambiguous. Is it bad? You know? And it's just it it gets more bizarre episode by episode by episode. Okay. It just gets it gets really out there. But it's a great fucking show. Betty Gilpin, who plays the main character, Simone, um, is fantastic. She's a great she was in Glow. She was one of the main characters in Glow on, on yeah, Netflix, yeah. the wrestling show. Which and, was uh written produced by Allison Brie. Yes, exactly. And and stars my favorite guy, uh, Mark Marin. Um so I would recommend Mrs. Davis. Like if you're into that whole question about AI and stuff. Yeah. I do like futurism type science fiction. Stuff. Oh no. It, and it, again, it's fucking trippy. So I would highly recommend the show. I, I ended up really, like I said, I started it and I'm like, I don't know if I like this. And I just stopped it. It's very, it, it's got a whole AI versus religion thing. Eric. Oh. Oh, like shit. it's, it's cause it's all, it's all cause the main not again not giving anything away simone is a, is a nun so oh, it's very okay. fucking and it's very catholic driven so it plays and, with and, the idea of that like man-made consciousness contradicts yes. religious ideology and, and all the of that. fucking okay. guilt involved with the catholic religion and everything yeah um, so it's a it's alley. a good it's a thought piece like okay. it's really makes you fucking think you know <clears throat> i had a um, show so, like that 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 had the similar type of reaction i mean i started watching it then I came back to it, and it also was kind of that weird futuristic show, and that was Mr. Robot. Oh, yes, yeah. I yeah, agree yeah. with you. You know what? It's very similar. 
Absolutely, it's very similar. That's what and, it reminded me of when you started talking about yes, it. Yes, no, hundred percent. I agree. And just so you know, the, the show was co-written by Damon Lindelof. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. It's yeah. got that. It's got that lost. Like the the cool thing about it is, so Lost was rooted in logic, but it had magic in it. Yeah. yeah. And this show has the same thing. It's rooted in logic, but then it fucking brings this magic, this absolute. You've got to suspend disbelief completely. Mm-hmm. And just dive into the magic of it. Like the Holy Grail is involved. Like oh, the actual yeah. Holy Grail is involved in this fucking show. That's so cool, yes, man. I highly recommend that show. I had to get that out there. I I'll, really, I'll, I'll, really I'll give it a shot show. because I've been looking for stuff to watch anyways. You no, no, no. It's eight episodes. So it's not either like 50 minutes an episode, 55 oh. minutes an episode. So I it's not killer. It's eight episodes. Joe, I you, I think you're gonna dig it. I do. Right. I'll let you know. Um mm-hmm. I will too. Fucking name. Well, we got to jump into this. Is this fucking movie. Hold on now, Doug. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is historic on this podcast. All right. Let well, me ask, yeah, ask, I know, ask right? you, Doug, though, because I, I got other, a feedback yeah. from other people. Uh, on my Joe Recommend series in the Just Surprise Me group, I put music up every day. Yes. Did you listen to the one that I said I think you would like? Joe. You mother. I know that. I know. You know, you know something? And it crushes me. It, see, and you got to understand this. Like on a on a personal level, I'm upset at myself for not doing it. But I just, it's like for me when I listen to music, it's usually in the car, and I haven't been in okay. the fucking car, dude. Right. Just to tell you a quick story, I know we need to get started, but so I've used the car so little in the last ten days. Erica's been out, right? She's been in Sweden. Yesterday afternoon, the plan was to get in the car with, with my son Dan, drive to Hannah's in Boston hang out for a few hours. She had an appointment at the airport because she was doing pre-SA, uh, TSA pre-check, right, for her travels. Was going to drop her off at a terminal, go to pick up Erica. Hannah was going to meet us. We're going out to dinner, right? I get in the car. I press the fucking start button, and the car goes, <clears throat> the fucking battery dies. So I spent two hours. I had a wa- I have, a, I have a, a car place up the street. I had to walk up the street, buy a battery, Right, two hundred and ten fucking dollars for mm. a battery. Yeah, walk back home, put the battery in. So I had to get my hands dirty. Like I don't do that shit. You don't have a battery charger? No, I don't. No, no, no. The battery was dead, dude. Well, yeah, charging it would not have helped. This thing was fucking dead. It would have got me to the station to have them charge okay. me to put it in. So I'm like, no, I can do it myself. But what I'm saying is, like, even my car time got fucked up yesterday. So that's why I didn't listen. Okay, and. Going to get there. I, I promise you I will listen to this. Because I'm happy. I'm happy because now we've established that Doug really is the old one again. Yeah. Because <laughs> his whole argument was like, I was gonna listen to music, but I can't listen to it unless I'm in my car. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um you're hundred percent right. What's funny is I, I don't expect I, I don't expect anyone to listen to any of the stuff I share, but that one specifically I was like, Doug's gonna like this one. And I know, and I probably and will, is, and I'll get to it. I will I I promise you, Joe, before the next episode, I will have listened to Eric this. Eric nailed it too. Eric's like, it sounds like a seventies cop show. Oh yeah, <laughs> it does. It, it was cool. It was cool. Okay. No, no, cool no I'm on it. I am on it. It just reminded me of like um like background music from a guy Ritchie movie or or like an Ocean's <laughs> right. Eleven. Yeah. No. You sold me. I'm on it. I'm fucking on it's it. It's got like a very 70s feel. It's like a it's like a right. French instrumental band that does like 70s style music. Oh, I love it. Yeah. All right. All I, right. I, so, I, Joe, so before did, next episode, right. I promise you. All right. All right. 
this I can't remember if this has ever happened on the show before. It may have. It might have happened once, I think. I think there was one, and I cannot remember the movie, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a rare, rare occurrence where, you know, usually, like, the dynamic between the three of us is Doug and I are usually on the same page, yep. and, and Joe is, like, on another chapter that, you know, and, and for whatever reason, just the the planets aligned today and i picked a movie that i love and that doug fucking hates and, <laughs> and i'm i'm really excited about See, it i i know the reason why this happened nah. why okay so number one see if you're right this is a joe movie because most people hate it so okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the reason you like it also is because it's from your favorite franchise <laughs> Well, yeah, that's because if it wasn't bias. for that, you might there's not like it, and then you may be on the same page as Doug. I I'm perfectly willing to admit that there is some bias on my part. However, I'm here to defend the movie from an objective point of view. So we'll see if I can do All right. convincing. All right. Now, just so everybody understands, my argument is coming from an original member of the Ghostbusters Club. Yeah. Because no. I was there. I was in the movie. I was in the theater in 84. And I was in the theater in 89. I mean, yeah. and this, this is pre, this is pre-kids. Mm-hmm. I was married at that point, but this is pre-kids. And I was in the theater for 80. I was in for this movie. I was in there. Uh, also, I don't want to so like. That's where this comes from for me. I don't. Okay. I, I okay. didn't absolutely love this movie. I just liked a lot of stuff about this movie. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And, and again, I. It'll still get a decent grade, but at the same time, it's not something I'm like, oh my God, I loved everything about this. And you know, and I'm with you, Joe, on that hate is a strong word. I didn't hate this movie. No, no, I especially now watching it. But I, I, again, I want to save a lot of this. So I I don't want to get into it. I want to, I want to let it evolve as we go along with the, with the narrative. All right. So in case you couldn't tell, we are talking today about 1989's Ghostbusters 2, directed by Mr. Ivan Reitman. Um, it is the much uh, maligned sequel yes. to one of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion, Ghostbusters. And I'm with you on that, absolutely. Yeah. So high, high, high bar, and you know, Im- impossible to clear, I think. But um, this was five years later, so you have to understand before we dive into this thing where the franchise was at obviously they knew it was a money maker it was it was a cultural phenomenon it wasn't just like a big summer movie it was it was something that like permeated everybody's fucking childhoods like Mm -hmm. the the most successful saturday morning cartoon of all time was going while this was being made um and this was influenced by that and therein lies the problem. <laughs> yeah, Wait, no, therein lies the problem. I think X Men was the most popular Saturday morning cartoon. Incorrect, sir. Incorrect. I will. I'll fight both of you today. <laughs> well, X Men '97 is getting a reboot. I don't see the. <laughs> oh, just wait. Just wait, buddy. In forty-two days, there's another exactly. Ghostbusters when Frozen movie Kingdom coming comes up. out, you might be right, Eric. Yeah. So we're gonna jump jump right in with our first clip. This is just a. Just the the palate cleanser, if you will. <laughs> um, the first clip I picked, it's got some music. It's going to bring you back into that world. And it's also going to give you a perspective on where the Ghostbusters are at five years after the events of the first movie. <laughs> if there's something strange in your neighborhood, who you going to call? 
Stream Busters. <laughs> this is also the clip that's going to get this live pulled from Facebook. Huh? One yeah. of these days, he's going to go all the way through. For the clip itself in the music. <laughs> Double win. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I feel like if we like sing over this, like maybe recognize it. They're in here. I hope you can handle it. It's been like a nightmare. How big are they? Four feet. <laughs> the masters of the universe. Down and we'll have fun. You know, my dad says you guys are full of crap. Jason. Well, some people have trouble believing in the paranormal. No, he just says you guys are full of crap, and that's why you went out of business. Oh. Song. <laughs> so that, that kid, if you don't know, yeah. is Jason Reitman. I thought so. It's funny his name is Jason in the movie, too. Is it? Yeah. In the neighborhood. We gonna call. This is the most believable part of this entire movie, by the way. Is the fact that they would be doing kids' birthday parties now. And it and it does track. It feels very in universe. So the first thing I'll I'll say in defense of this movie is they gave Ernie Hudson so much more to do this time around. Oh, see, and I was going to say the exact opposite. He's still second fiddle. I mean, he's, he's still, still second, second fiddle. fucking fiddle, and that's bullshit. But he gets to do some stuff in this movie. Come on, he does, Listen. but it's yeah. still he still acts like he's part of the scenery. Okay. I guess, uh, yeah. Fair um, but to me, this no. is the most believable thing that they would just be doing kids' birthday parties. Cause, like, I know it's so great. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great. And um, I always love it when like the kids like shit on everything. They're like, "Oh, you're not what I right. wanted." <laughs> Fuck kids, you, old man. The kids are honest to a fault. That's what yeah. they do. Yep. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. It's even cool that like the Ecto One is is starting to backfire and it looks kind of shitty. Yes, you know, <laughs> it's all dirty and yeah, yeah. These, these are good power washing. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I also like um, when they uh, when they get there later, they pull the whole like rack out of the back like it's a her still. <laughs> To put their, yeah. their packs yeah, yeah, yeah. on. That cool. was a cool part of the design of that that hearse is they kept mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. the rack in there for the packs. Nice. Um, so yeah, we established that the Ghostbusters um, things are not going well these days. Um, now I have a lot of clips from this movie because again, you got to remember I'm arguing for this movie. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm coming from this is a force of good. I'm trying to win uh, hearts and minds here. So <laughs> part of that is 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 some of the dialogue that happens in this movie that I just adore. So I did pull a lot of stuff. It does have good, good dialogue. I will give it that. Also, oh, when yeah. I was watching this next scene that we're going to play, the guy fighting, um, he looks like a cross between Paul Rudd and Jason Bateman. Well, that's <laughs> appropriate, don't you think? I mean... Because <laughs> I was trying to like, like, who is this dude? I'm like, he looks so familiar, but it's not. Either way, I looked him up, it's some random-ass dude. <laughs> well, hold on. Who was it? Because now you got me. Curious. I gotta oh, see the clip. I don't remember now. I can't remember the guy's actual name, but uh, in right. the- <laughs> we're we're gonna roll the clip. Basically, well, before we do that, let, let's get you up to speed. Um, we got a MacGuffin in this movie that's a little different than the first movie. 
um, we get reintroduced to Sigourney Weaver's character, Dana Barrett, but oh, she's yeah. now with, with child, uh, which is interesting. Well, she's not with child. She just has a child. That's true. My terminology <laughs> was, was a little fucky there. She was with child. Now she's yeah, with yeah. child. Now she's with the child. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I'll take that with the child. <laughs> with the child. Yeah. So, um, and and by the way, this is 1989. Were we still using like 18th century buggies for babies back then? I know, right? Well, that's called a pram, and a it's what? a very expensive fucking piece of machinery. Really? Yeah, How and why I you know this? The, <laughs> what? Why do you know this? Because it. Because he had here's one. Why, well, no, I'm getting to that. Here's why I know that, and I don't remember the name, the brand name, but it's a Swedish, um, buggy. Like it, it, it's a very fucking high end. It, it, you where you see this is in New York City, exactly where she is. Like you see the fucking oh, the, okay. the expensive mommies who have the big paying jobs. Their husbands that or and they have the big paying jobs, and this is what they buy. And I cannot remember the name, but it's called a pram. And yes, that's where you see it. So it still exists, and I'll look it up. All right. Interesting, Interesting. fact from Doug. So. So, so you're saying this movie so far is both funny and super accurate? Is that what yes, we're at? exactly, right. exactly. Okay, so okay. I'll I'll look it up. <laughs> All right. It's called uh, um, Emma Junga. <laughs> yep. Now you're just making up words. <laughs> nope. Emma, Emma, Emma Junga. That's what it's called. And their stroll is their. Uh, it's from Sweden. I'm not kidding you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, all right. So Dana Barrett has a son named Oscar, but the son is not with Peter Venkman, which is heartbreaking because you assume that they ended up together uh, based on the last movie. Right. Uh, Oscar yep. was had with an ex-husband of Dana's who's actually the stiff from the first movie who was also in the orchestra. And Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah. They sort of hint at it a little bit in the movie. Um, oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah, like, you know, why did you go back to that guy? What the fuck? Right? But you do learn that, you know, Peter just wasn't good for her at the time. So, you know, we'll see. Um, she now works as a restorer at the Manhattan Museum of Art. So there's an incident in which Oscar's pram, not baby carriage, <laughs> I corrected my notes, is controlled by an unseen force and drawn to a busy junction in the street. Um, it's, it's, just you know here's the thing about this movie it's still 1989 so the effects are the effects um but it's, well, this, it's a yeah all right <laughs> i gotta say that uh -huh. the effects were a gigantic downgrade from 84 i agree and i agree that's sad it was almost like superman 2 with yeah. christopher reeve and superman 3 the studio said you're not spending money on special effects so you're fucked and that's what happened in this movie and that's one of the things that pissed me off to me it's well, like ninja turtle secret of the ooze well here's <laughs> here's here's where i agree with you and i disagree with you they were given more money to spend on special effects in this movie and wow. this movie had way more effects shots in it than the original movie but I think because in the original movie there was such a constraint, it forced them to be really creative. And the stuff that you saw, even the shit that was a little wonky, it was like 
you know, they worked okay. really hard on it. It was good. There was so much stuff coming yeah. at you in this movie. Um, the QC was not great. No, it didn't come across. Yeah. It, it, it came across the opposite of what you're describing. Yeah. That's my problem. That's one of my problems with it. And it pissed uh, Bill Murray off. That's why he was done with these movies for a long time. He's like, you know, all, all they cared about in the second movie were the fucking special effects. Like he wanted to, he wanted it to be funny. So, okay. um, but this next clip is, um, is Dana going to her old friends for help because she knows something spooky's going on. And uh, who does she go to visit? But my favorite Ghostbuster, Egon Spengler. Um, so this next clip we're going to look at is we get a look at what Egon's up to now. I love it. It's just perfect for his character. All of the characters were written so well in this movie. No, they weren't. I uh, so. Hold on. Go a ahead. Roll the clip. Roll the, <laughs> roll the, ahead, roll the roll fun. The, we're doing it live. All right, let's see. Is this the time we get pulled down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, Egan, what do you think? Excellent, just excellent. We'll do the happiness index next. I mean, see, watch the guy in the background. About the doesn't like Paul Rudd or Jason. Well, I'd like to bring Ray in on this, if you don't mind. Sure, whatever you think, but not Venkman. Oh no. Do you ever see him? Occasionally. How is he these days? Peter? Well, he was borderline for a while. Then he crossed the border. Has he ever <laughs> mentioned me? Uh. No. <laughs> well, we we didn't part on very good terms, and then we sort of lost track of each other uh, after I got married. We're ready for the affection test. Good. Send in the puppy, please. I thought of getting in touch with him after my marriage ended, but... So the little girl playing with the dog, I realized it's somebody from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah? That's Dennis's wife, Maureen Ponderosa. I appreciate it. No that. fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. She's also in that show, Working Moms. The main this is my phone number. You'll call me? Yes. I'd rather you didn't mention any of this to Peter, if you don't mind. No, I won't. I won't. Thanks. <laughs> the best hair ever. Oh, God, I wish I Let's had see it. what happens when we take away the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that line has persisted in my life so long, but <laughs> I say it a lot. I say, let's see what happens when we take away the puppy, because it's just such a perfect Egon thing. Like he, even, even you notice in that, that shot where he, where she asks, like, "Is he talk about me? He's mentioned me," and he goes, "No," and then he raises the little yeah. scanner whew, just to see like if her negative emotions spike. The uh, the reading, I love that man. Like right. he he cares about people to the extent that it interferes with his experimentations. You know, I'm going to be a, a little or maybe a lot politically incorrect right now. All uh, right, welcome to my world. First off, first off, we're going to start with who is that and what have they done with Egon Spangler? <laughs> Stop the show. Because I quit. Egon Spangler from the first Ghostbusters, right? That motherfucker is on the spectrum, fully uh -huh. locked in on the spectrum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This Egon Spangler has Asperger's at the fucking worst. <laughs> it is a different guy. Asperger. 
Sanders at the worst. It is a different <laughs> fucking guy. I better not hear he no is... shit from Doug for anything for at least a month. <laughs> <laughs> for anything I fucking wow. say for at least a he month. Is, he is too funny. He's too open. Mm-hmm. He's too he's too emotional mm-hmm. on every level through this entire movie. And that's my biggest problem in this movie. He is not the same Egon, not even close. But see, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to agree right. with you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to explain to you why I like it. Because his arc and his growth as a character leads me all the way to Ghostbusters Afterlife, where he has a life full of regrets and a longing of love for his family. You know, but, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he is the, a different man. The but... love for the family, dude, I get, and I get it in Afterlife. But the the Egon that was described in Afterlife is the Egon from the first Ghostbusters, not the Egon from this. The Egon okay. that did what he did to get that family where they were in Afterlife is not the Egon from this movie. <laughs> He's too emotional. And here's the thing. If you're talking about somebody on the spectrum, they don't grow. There is no emotional evolution mm. because they are what they are. And again, I, I, I'm going to get, if anybody listened to this, <laughs> we're going to get a strongly worded letter about this. Shit. Okay. All I know but, is I'm happy. I'm not the bad one anymore. <laughs> right. I'm just saying it, it's not in the, Oh God. And it's I'm fair... the guy. I'm the guy who constantly says suspend disbelief. Yeah. But I can't yeah. do it here. If I, he's not. He can't be the guy. It's a <laughs> listen. It's a thank you, Will. What's up, Will? Okay. It's a he, fair he's argument. Not the, the characters. The the character does not move from Spangler and the first one to this one. It doesn't happen. It's not physically capable of happening. Uh, listen, I, I, it, I said it's a fair argument. You know what I think happened too, to be honest with you? Harold okay. Ramis, he didn't want to act in that first Ghostbusters movie. He's a writer. No, and exactly. He kind of got pushed into it. He's more comfortable as an actor by the time this movie comes around. So I think he's opened up a little bit more I understand, on but screen here, too. Here's, here's the thing. If he had been with with Annie Potts character who's, who's now because I'm old and I can't remember her name but if oh, he had Janine, been with Janine. her yeah yeah if he would be, if he had been with her from Ghostbusters 1 to Ghostbusters 2 I would accept it more yeah I was kind of disappointed that she wasn't his lab assistant she taught him to be this person but he's not with her no. not with her so much that it pissed me off later in the movie but you know, in that in that unexplored five years, you don't know how long they were together. Oh, that. come on now! Now you know we're I mean? grasping. We're fucking grasping now. <laughs> I no. feel is this Joe? Is this what you feel like yes. all the time? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I told you I'm going to oh, fight you on this, dude. I'm just enjoying that. It's not me for once. That's He's a, not the same. I remember last week we were watching Bad a, Boys and I was getting shit all over. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. I gave that a fair rating. Yeah, I know. I gave that a fair do? rating, dude, and you said so. All right, Mike okay? Lowry. There are plenty of other movies you've done where I've shit on. Yeah, that's true. And you might be right, and I shouldn't have shit on <laughs> that's you as true. much. But this, true. But Bad Boys, I was on. I thought I did pretty good. I know. I just was trying to think of I'm recent, just saying, recency bias. I think the most endearing quality of the first Ghostbusters was Egon. 
like his the way he was and it's not him it's not even close it's not to me it's not even an evolution of that character it's a different fucking character <laughs> And that's strong. what my problem is with that. Strong. Aren't, uh, yes. Okay. I, I yeah. almost because, wish they would have right, just put listen. Michael Richards in there as the character. With the, the hair is the same. <laughs> I'm going to let this loose now, okay? And I'm going to fucking yell at clouds right now. All right? I was there in 84 in the theater. I was fucking there. And I watched that movie. And I came out of that movie floating on a fucking cloud for months. And I went back to that same oh, fucking theater in 89. And I saw this movie waiting for the best fucking sequel ever. And I got myself shit on. <laughs> that's why I am the way I am right now. That's How old is this motherfucker? This because I, exactly. And I'm sorry. This is one point where I'll embrace it. I, I'll, I'll embrace the fucking boomer and I'll stroke it off. I will fucking stroke off the boomer. This is pull why that, wait, I hold, am pull that clip, pull that clip, pull that clip. <laughs> I am going to pull. This is why I am as adamant about my defense of this as I am because I was fucking there. Okay, I in '89, my cousin and I, my cousin Scott, my best friend on the planet, we were there. We fucking showed up on opening weekend to see this movie, and we expected the best thing ever, and we got fucked in the ass. Okay. By this <laughs> I'm just like I was. God, I was so hoping I could. I wait. like dr drunk Doug. I know. Yeah. I was so hoping I could wait until the end to let this out, but I fucking can't. Right. At the I just want to let everybody know this is why I am the way I am for this movie, right. and I'm letting you know, Eric. This is why I am because I got fucked in the ass by the sequel. <laughs> All right, but listen. Cheers. You go. You're, you're arguing with the five year old boy who saw this with wonder in his eyes. Thank you. So I understand. Yes, exactly. So we have our point of view, and I yeah. get it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he got. He, so got, you're saying you got a ghost job? <laughs> <laughs> uh, zing. Uh, Will right, Will's gotta, also on fire tonight with his comments. Will is great. Will is the fucking best thing ever. By the way, Will, my sister thinks you are fucking ador adorable. I just got to lay it out now. She thinks you are the best thing ever since fucking sliced bread. All right, she's not wrong. She's no, not wrong. she's not wrong. She's a hundred percent right, you motherfucker. <laughs> not you, Eric. Him, <laughs> will you, motherfucker? Also, yeah. I love how Tony's like the master of Facebook, but he hasn't figured out how to like make his name show up. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable! All right, so we're gonna jump in. Uh, let's talk for a second about what's going on in the Ghostbusters lives here. Ray owns an occult bookstore and. and <laughs> And also works as an unpopular children's entertainer with Winston. <laughs> yeah. um, Egon, we talked about, works in a laboratory at Columbia University. He's conducting experiments into human emotion. And Peter hosts a pseudo-psychic television show. <laughs> this next clip that we're going to play is just beautiful. It is, uh, it's your first time seeing Peter Venkman, who's arguably the hero of yeah. the first film. He's my favorite um, Ghostbuster. <laughs> He's, oh, he's, yeah, a, he's, a, he's a crowd pleaser man. he knows bill what's murray. up and bill murray does a lot of really wonderful things in this movie this 100 percent, dude i'm with you on that like yeah yeah the fucking humor in this movie dude is, oh yeah it's a funny movie point. it's a funny the jokes movie. in this thing are on point yeah okay but again let's roll this clip because i have a problem with again go ahead go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. roll it 
Roll it. Go. Hi, welcome back to World of the Psychic. I'm Peter Venkman. I'm chatting with my guest, author, lecturer, and psychic, Milton Anglin. Milton, your new book is called The End of the World. Now, can you tell us when it's going to be, or do we have to buy the book? <laughs> well, I predict that the world will end at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve. This year? Mm-hmm. Well, that's cutting it a little bit close, isn't it? I mean, this is great. Just from a yes, sales point of view, I mean, so your book sales. is just coming out. You're not going to see any paperback sales for at least a year. <laughs> It'll be at least another year before you know whether you've got the miniseries or movie of the week kind of possibility. I mean, just devil's advocate, Milty. I mean, shouldn't you have said, hey, the world's going to end Wait. in 1992 Wait a or better hey, yet, this, 1994? This is not just some money making scheme, all right? It's a jump I to have conclusions, man. <laughs> That the world will end on New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, for your sake, I hope you're right. Okay, but I think my other guest may disagree with you. Elaine? So you had another date in mind. According to my source, the end of the world will be on February 14th in the year 2016. Valentine's Day. Bummer. <laughs> I like how he looks straight at the camera, too. <laughs> yes, man. He fucking nails this shit. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> um, Yeah. No, I agree with Doug on this one, man. Bill Murray brings so much to the table. And, and it's the same vibe where you feel like some of this stuff was improvised. I can't verify that because I don't know for sure. But it feels very organic, this stuff that's happening. So uh, let's continue on, man. Peter's former girlfriend, oh, Dana I'm Barrett. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So no, you trivia, right? The guy psychic there, he plays the dad in the Transformers movie. So he's Shia LaBeouf's dad. Okay. All right. Right. Which is cool. He's a, he's a character actor. He's been in a million things besides yeah. Transformers. But that's like what everybody would know him from. And if you are a fan of Shameless, the, the, the Showtime show based on the British show, the woman is uh, the, sh- the, sh- the shameless family's, the Gallagher family's mom. Huh. All right. Oh. So, I mean, I, I watch Shameless, so I love that show. Um, but she, I can't remember her character's name in the fucking show. I'm looking it up, but I'm so spastic. But um, she's the mom. So anyway, so that's, that's some Doug trivia. I mean, it, another interesting bit about that scene is that the, obviously fake psychic is really psychic based on the events yes he nailed it yeah yes i mean and, and it's foreshadowing because the guy wrote a book that isn't going to make any money because the world's <laughs> yeah. ending in like a couple of months yeah like, I was like, was you're not it. gonna Fucking sell any of these bankman was onto it but he didn't get it you know yeah and it, and again that points to how well i think these characters are written that character's always thinking about how to monetize things so even just hearing this story, he's like, hold on a second, motherfucker. Know, like, right? You're doing this all wrong. You can't uh, be doing this for the sake of doing it. You've got to be making yeah, money on it. Exactly. exactly. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I'm blowing all my fucking end of episode shit. <laughs> you got to save some <laughs> anger for, the, I for know, the second half. Here's the thing. The comedy bits in this movie are top fucking notch. Some of them are even better than the first movie. Oh, yeah. My whole problem, and I didn't know this, I didn't think about this till I read the fucking trivia shit, right? Mm -hmm. This this movie was dumbed the fuck down because of that 
goddamn cartoon that you little children watched when you were kids. What? All right? That you Shots fucking fired. children watched. This thing was dumbed down to accommodate the people watching that fucking cartoon. So if it was written for the adults that saw the 84 Ghostbusters, it would have been fucking spot on. But you little children, you fucked this all up. I will it's tell you, fault. the actual fault for liking that cartoon. The actual best okay. cartoon of, you know, Saturday mornings in the 80s and 90s. Um, it did not dumb down the episode. No, for it kids. didn't. Uh, you know, Joe, you're 100% right. High five you virtually. Yeah, even, you. even the cartoon was like very Boom. immature. <laughs> you were right. But here's, here's my question. What in this movie was, was dumbed down by the cartoon? Because as far as I understand it, it's really just the visual look of Janine Melnitz was changed to <laughs> more mirror the, the cartoon. With yeah. the bob and all that, in the glasses. because we needed Rick Moranis to get some. I I can't <laughs> fucking tipsy me can't fucking help myself. All right, Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. An unintentional masterpiece. That mm -hmm. thing, and and everybody knows like what fucking transpired in the movie theaters, which I went to. All right, thirty fucking times. All right, all right? let's do the time and warp. And here's the thing: <laughs> Again. thirty times is nothing. Compared to the people who saw this 200 fucking times. Mm -hmm. The second movie came out, Shock Treatment, right? And it was a fucking disaster because it was written to try to fucking emulate the first movie. Wait, this there's a second Rocky Horror Picture? To emulate the fucking first movie. It wasn't written as itself. It was written to fucking grab from Ghostbusters. And it failed. And it had the added bullshit of trying to fucking keep it kid-like for the cartoon. Mm, I can't. It did. I can't, it did. I can't agree. In some cases, I could see what you're saying. You know, like they adapted Slimer in a way that was more kid-friendly. You know. Yes. Um, and like I said, Janine Melnitz, just visually, like her costume was was mirroring what was happening in the cartoon. Because she was nothing like her character in the first fucking movie. That's another one that fucking transformed into something completely different in her first character. See, I don't know. Janine in the first movie when she's like, you know, talking to Egon and, and asking like what his hobbies are. So why are. isn't she with Egon? Yeah. Because why Egon. Why the fuck did she go after Dork Boy? I because mean, Egon. Because he's Rick Moranis. <laughs> Yeah, Rick Rick Moranis' character, thank you, Joe, he's actively been searching for love this entire franchise. He's He is a romantic person. Fucking Egon Spengler maybe had a night or two with Janine just because he was curious about, like, the experimentation. No, he didn't. Even, see, that's the thing. See, he's also, he, didn't um, have a, he didn't even have a night because he's not capable. Time, Timeline was... Timeline-wise, is this still Honey, I Shrunk or Honey, I Blew Up the Kids? Because maybe he had that Ray. <laughs> no, that was before. Maybe he had that, that, that Ray and, you know, she, you know Janine knew what, what was, was up. That? Was this, that wasn't before, the whole thing? I don't remember. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was, was made before this was, I believe. Around yeah. the same time frame. No, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was 89, same year. Same oh, yeah. year. Honey, wow. I Blew Up the Kid was 92, so he... This came out before he was Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I think he was Rick Moranis when he was born. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, just right, saying. Fine, oh, my God. Fine. All right. Fine. We got to. We gotta we gotta move the Ecto one down the road, boys. Sorry, uh, yeah, I, I, I am, am derailing this whole fucking thing. I, I still can't do the siren right. <laughs> no, you. That's awful. Don't don't do it. Um, something like that, right? <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. It sounded like a British ambulance. It's like a British um, donkey. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're a donkey. So I meant, what I are mentioned you, an that idiot Dana Barrett. Yeah. What are you? I'm an idiot sandwich. <laughs> I mentioned that Dana Barrett works at the uh, Manhattan Museum of Art under uh, her boss, Dr. Borat. Janosch. And uh, this next clip is going to introduce you to, to uh, Janosch. Look, but before, a, a I, before I play this, I just want you to close your eyes and just picture Borat doing this kit. Because <laughs> I, I swear <laughs> that Sasha Baron Cohen stole the Borat character from this. Okay. No, see, you think every foreign person sounds like Borat. Elad does not sound like Borat, and this guy does not no, sound no, like Elad Borat. No, no, Elad does not sound like Borat, but this guy 100% no, does. I, close your eyes and just After listen. this clip, I'll tell you what this guy sounds like. Now, I want you to put the Rigo uh, in the arch. Under the arch there. If everything you're doing is bad, I want you to know this. You'll be careful there, all right? No one listens to me. <laughs> well, then how are you doing? How's this Bonington coming? It's coming along fine. This mixture you gave me is working really well. Yes, well, I make pretty good cocktails, don't I? <laughs> yes, you're doing a really quite good work there. Thank you. I think it won't be long before uh, you can uh, assist me in the... Uh, more important restoration. Just a white, <laughs> white thing. Well, thank you, Dr. Poha. Um, uh, Janosch. Janosch. Um, I've enjoyed working here, but now that my baby's a little older, I'm going to try to go back to the orchestra. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Did you want to not be not here? Well, uh, could I say goodbye? You know, uh, maybe bring you to a brunch today. Well, I can't today. I have an appointment. In fact, I better go. I don't understand this. You know, every day I say, well, do you reckon you do something? You say, no, I can't do something. You know, what do I have a bad breath or something? <laughs> of course not. All right. Well, I give you a rain check. <laughs> All right. James and Maybe a little like Borat. Maybe it's <laughs> so a little Borat. <laughs> Very nice. Also, I want to point out uh, Will A. Hugh. That is the same siren. It's called the high low. Joe was right. <laughs> also, uh, guy <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Borat. Me and Will are fucking did simpatico Will, today. Did Will just type the words "Joe is right"? Yep, yeah, I'm gonna keep oh, this know, forever. Right? <laughs> this is one of my Sweet core. Job, All yeah. I gotta say is nerd. Like in the movie Inside Out, this has now become one of my core memories. <laughs> 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 Oh, we can't do Inside Out, man. Fucking bing bong is too much. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we meet Janosch. Um, he's doing a bit, and it's it wears a little thin, but there <coughs> are moments where it's really, really funny. Um, so, Janosch is indoctrinated by the spirit of Vigo the Carpathian, a powerful 17th century tyrant and magician trapped in a painting in the gallery. Vigo orders Janusz to locate a child that Vigo can possess, allowing him to return to life on the new year. That is, uh, that's your big bad in this movie. And if there is something about this movie that I would say is weak, it is the big bad of this movie is pretty ineffectual and stupid. But the real big bad of this movie, and my theory as to why Doug hates this movie, is just New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, yeah. you, no. Here's the thing: you got to understand. 
in 1989, this movie was 100% accurate. <laughs> hey, New hey, York uh, was a shithole. Doug, did you like that? It was my uh, shithole. That New York license thing, plate I said? my fucking shithole. So I was fine with it. I was one of those people. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. was cool with that part of it. All right. So my problem with the Peter McNichol character, first of all, I needed to turn on subtitles to understand a word this motherfucker was saying. Right, because I couldn't understand anything he was saying. He's my brand right? he's smell. Right thing. Secondly, secondly, in 1989, he was second fiddle to his fucking sister, Christy McNichol. Okay, mm. he didn't, he didn't matter. He didn't count because his sister was everything. So he was inconsequential to me. <laughs> okay, yep. and, but and I couldn't understand today. I couldn't. I had to turn on. So I couldn't understand what the fucker was saying. Because the accent was so bad that it just didn't work for me. I'm yep. just saying. I got you. And, yeah. and both of them played second fiddle to the McDollar or the McDonald's denomination, the McNichols, McDimes, and McQuarters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my man is on fucking fire. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so Dane is obviously concerned. You know why? You know why I'm on fire? Why are you on fire? <laughs> because of the. What's the stew called that you fucking diarrhea? No, look look at the screen. What does the screen say? Oh my god, Joe was right. <laughs> say it ain't so. It's Will's fault. It's all Will's say, fault. Say it ain't so. So listen, Dana's uh, gone through some spooky shit before in her life. She's concerned, so she asked the Ghostbusters for help. And she tells him, as you heard earlier, don't tell Peter, because there's some history there. Yeah. He finds out anyway, he pulls it out of Ray. And they go to Dana's apartment to check everything out, to look at the baby, to make sure everything is cool. Um, it's then she finds out that Peter got wind of it, and, you know, Ray apologizes. He tortured me, like, he pulled my earlobes and shit, whatever. <laughs> um, stood no chance. Like, Peter knew something was, was fishy. So, <clears throat> we go to Dana's apartment, and this next clip is just some more dialogue from that interaction. We get um, Egon Spengler talking to Ray, and uh, we get a really humanizing moment out of Peter Venkman, who's a really popular character, but probably one of the most unlikable characters in popular cinema up until this point. So we talked about character arcs and changes, and this is a pretty big one, I, I would argue. Right around here, I'll show you. Venkman, would you get a stool specimen, please? Business or personal? <laughs> It's a little messy. Well, we don't want to play with anything. We just want to sweep for valences. Right. That's all, that cheerful. baby's not playing with those kind of toys yet. My parents didn't believe in toys. <laughs> Way too young. <laughs> Baby's got a booger in its nose. You want to play with a big kid? See it? Left mm -hmm. nostril. Booger yep. in its nose. You know, I I should have been your father. I mean, I could have been. <laughs> Shake the baby's hand. <laughs> the baby just shakes his hand. That's so great. Help! He's gone completely berserk. Help! Help! Uh oh. <laughs> you can tell Bill Murray's having a fucking blast with that baby. Never even had a slinky? We had part of a slinky. <laughs> but I straightened it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best lines in a movie. 
it really is. is. That is oh one of the best God. lines in the fucking movie. It's so great. And that's you what know, I mean. The comedy in this movie is superior in yeah. a lot of ways to the first one. That was great. 100%. I had a conversation about that line with one of the Ghostbusters at Megacon, these guys that troop and, you know, for charity yeah. and all that. And I said, the reason I love that line is because of the one-two punch. It's not only, I had part of a slinky is a funny line on its own, because how, how do you have part of a slinky? Yes. But then to follow it up with the, but I straightened, I straightened it, it's it fucking, out. I know. God damn it, it's so good. No, it um, is. It's the best. Yeah, Ugh. I agree with you, man. The really, really funny stuff in this movie. And but but the heart too, like the heart of uh, Venkman sort of being won over by this kid. He's not a paternal person, so no. it's cool to, to see that change in him. Like he's really sort of drawn to the idea of fatherhood in this movie, and and mm -hmm. even though he sort of bumbles through it, it's really sweet and endearing in a way that that character just like never yes. fucking was. So that's pretty cool. I dig that about this movie. Maybe I'm just happy. Maybe it's because I have kids, you know. But. Um, that works for me really well as as a 38 year old. Well, the evolution of Peter Venkman, I have no problem with. <laughs> it's just Honestly, Egon. Good. It's just Egon. He to me, to though, it's, it's, it's his awkwardness with the kid that sells it all. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, again, as I said, you can see the fun that Bill yeah. Murray was having with this kid. Like, he was enjoying acting with the kid. And I dig that. I absolutely dig that. Like, he, you know, yeah, it was just good. Yeah. So the Ghostbusters investigation leads them to illegally excavate First Avenue <laughs> at the point where the baby carriage stopped. Um, lowered underneath. Wait, Ray wait, discovers... can you use the proper terminology for that? I don't, I'm offended by this. You just calling that a baby carriage. Pram, pram, I'm sorry. I, oh, oh, God damn it. The pram, the pram stopped. The Elijah um, Wood pram. <laughs> I don't remember what he said, but it sounded something like that. The Elijah Wood, that's all right, yeah. Um this you could tell they're having fun with this this is so in the first ghostbusters movie there was a scene that was cut and i understand why it was cut it was um bill murray and dan Aykroyd playing other characters in the movie they were like homeless guys in central park so they were like doing snl type stuff and oh, it didn't really okay. work they get to tap into that a little bit here when they're pretending to be like these just new york construction guys yeah so this next clip is them being challenged on what they're doing by the, All right. by the before NYPD. you roll it, I gotta say, their New York accents are like Joe dude. <laughs> yeah, pretty, they're awesome. It's, it's just Carl from Aquatine Hunger yeah. Force. So exactly. uh, you know, I was out here digging a hole in the First Avenue when I realized you was pissing me off. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah. it's yep. Exactly that. Hey, Fryman. They're fucking ego. <laughs> <laughs> So tomorrow's Super Bowl, you'll, you'll loser, hear, stone cold lock of the century of the it's week. It's Bill Murray's New York accent, which I think would think would be the best, but Bill Murray no, is the he's worst. Too Chicago, he's too Chicago for it. Can, exactly. It. That's what yeah. it is. It's a Chicago guy doing a New York accent. Oh, and, oh, and fucking uh, Harold Ramis doesn't even try. He just no. goes, yo. <laughs> he sounds <laughs> like the monster from Big Mouth, Harold Monster, <laughs> Horrible Monster. Uh, you ready? Yeah, let's see. Well, let's see what we're dealing with here. What's going on here? Hey, what's the story? <laughs> hey, what? You boneheads are gonna come and roust me out again? I got three thousand phones out in Greenwich Village. I got about eight million miles of cable. I gotta check. You're gonna come and shake my monkey tree again? What are you talking about, buddy? The phone lines are over there. What did I say to you? The phone lines oh. are over there. Hey, what did hey, I say? Hey, hey. 
How many times? Hey, hey, you're not with Con Ed or the phone company. We checked. So tell me another one. I got a major gas leak here. Where do you think all this is coming from? The sky? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he, fucking, he fucking kills me in this movie. The fucking... sky? Oh. Where do you think this is coming from? The sky? Fry man? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's good. So yeah, we we get this we get this beautiful scene. Um, lowered underneath the street is Ray. Of course, he discovers a river of pink slime filling an abandoned pneumatic transit line. He gets attacked by the slime after he obtains a sample, and he accidentally causes a citywide blackout. And the Ghostbusters are arrested. And we're gonna leave it there for part one of Ghostbusters two. Please join us. Uh, for part two of Ghostbusters 2, when we get into the nitty-gritty of the pink ooze. And, uh, Joe likes to say, a Thursday night. Exactly. And I'm going to uh, leave the screen in here with no sound on it because Will's music seems to get this thing pulled down even though Will owns it. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not, the, not the clips of the movies. Because it is still running as of right now. So I will You're play right, some, some of our advertisements here and we will be back. But you will just see a screen in the meantime. All right. See you guys Bye-bye. in about five minutes. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericpabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericpabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericpabone.com. 